Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hello, and welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and it's a conversation today between you and me. We are going to be diving into a little bit more. I'm doing these episodes on human design. I'm trying to give some very focused episodes on human design because the reception for HD has been just tremendous. People want to know more. Um, and it has been life-changing for me and for my clients and kind of everybody that I know that's touched by human design that has started to integrate it into their world. Um, they have just seen radical changes in the way that they operate, radical changes in the way that they see things and what they learn about themselves. So that's what's so powerful about it. And I want to start doing some really focused episodes, and this is the first one. So we've done some higher level episodes, which you can go back to where we did them on um, on using HD for better decision-making, um, making better decisions through human design, which that went through your strategy and authority. We touched on all of the different types and all of the different authorities, and we talked about like what it means and, and how... You want to make decisions not from your mind, but from your body because your mind is conditioned. And now I want to get into more specific HD information and really get into, you know, that this episode is for you if you have or if you know anyone who has this particular trait in their chart. So obviously, your type is something that we all seem to know. Um, we all seem to know if you've run your chart, you're like, and I hear this from people all the time. I'd be like, do you know your human design? And they'll tell me, well, I know I'm a manifesting generator, but that's all I know. Or I know I'm a projector, but that's all I know. And when I ask them what's your authority, they usually go, I'm not sure. <laughs> and maybe after a few times that I prompt them with some questions, they might be like, oh, right, right, right. That's what I am. But your authority is the most important thing, truthfully. Um, your strategy tells you how you take in, and your strategy is based on your type. And that tells you how you're taking in information from the world. It's telling you what's your strategy for things coming to you or for you making correct decisions. So how do they enter into your sphere? If you're a generator, a mani gen, you're you're responding to life. Things come to you internally. You're making a decision and you're deciding whether that whether your response is a yes or a no. If you're a projector, you're getting invitations. The universe, the world, people around you, everything is being brought to you through invitations. You're being invited to things. If you're a reflector, you're you're waiting. <laughs> There's a lot of waiting in the reflector's world. And if you're a manifester, you're the only one that's not waiting for anything. You're informing and letting people know where you're going. But the way that we make decisions, the way that decisions are processed, the way information is processed, and the way that we get to taking that response and knowing if it's a yes or a no is through our authority. So imagine you now know how things are being presented to you through your strategy, but you don't know what to do with those things after they're presented, whether you should move on them, whether you should pass on them. Do I make a pros and cons list? Do I think about it? Um, there are so many ways that you can go with it. And imagine how confusing that would be. It's like, okay, so now I have all this information. I see that I'm being given things to respond to, but I don't know what to do with that information. This is where your authority comes in. And this is why your authority, to me, I think is the biggest game changer. 
And we're going to talk today about a specific authority. We're going to, I'm not going to be high level and go into like all authorities because we've kind of touched on that already in the other episodes. And if you haven't listened to those, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to those episodes and get that high level view because it'll tell you why this is so important. I really go into depth in that. But I want to talk to you about the emotional authority. Now, 50% of the population is an emotional authority. So, and this is, it, I'm an emotional authority. So it's why I'm starting here is twofold. One, I can speak to it from knowledge and from experience. So I think that we add like a special layer of magic when we can say like, this is how I experience that. And then there's also this element of, I believe it's very, very different from and my experience has been, it's very, very different from all the other authorities. So a lot of the information is put out there very much based on the sacral authority, the splenic authority, these other things, which tell us to, okay, you want to do something, declare it and move. You decide and then you go. And that is not true for the emotional authority. So 50% of the population is being given information, trying to implement it, and it's not working for them, or they don't know why it's not working, or they're confused about it. And I felt that way. I felt like I was I was being taught and spoken to by people who had a different authority than me. And really anything that's not an emotional authority is not, there's going to be a caveat to everything that they say of saying, well, if you're an emotional authority, this is probably going to feel different for you. <laughs> so for emotional authority, um, I, I don't think there's enough being taught from the emotional space and about the emotional space. And some of it, honestly, I think is being taught a little bit wrong, not on not by not on purpose, but I think a lot of people just don't understand it. They think they do, but they understand it from they read a book and they've been told, but they don't know what it feels like. And the emotional authority is all about feeling. So 50% of the population is emotional. So if you have an emotional, and the way that you know if you're emotional is on the chart, there is a triangle on the right-hand side of the chart, which is the solar plexus. So there's the sacral center in right in this right in the middle is a big square. And there's a square underneath that. That's the root. It's the second square up. And then to the right of that square is a triangle on the side. It's like a sideways triangle. And that's your solar plexus. If you have that colored in on your chart, you are an emotional authority. And why you are an emotional authority is this is such an important center. It's so powerful because it's both a motor center and an awareness center. It both generates energy and processes energy that it's so powerful that it trumps everything else. So you have to go here first. And the emotional center, when people hear that they're emotional and they start learning about it, they're like, oh, I wish I wasn't emotional. And if you feel that way, because I did, if you feel that way, I, I, want you to, I want you to take a step back and I want you to recognize that that is, you're telling your brain a story that, that something that you are, which you cannot change sucks. And that is not serving you. So let's get rid of that right now. And I want you to dig into the idea because as I dove into this more and I really focused on my emotional center and paid attention to my emotions. And I looked at my life and I looked at all the successes I've had and I've looked at the failures I've had. And I really examined it through the lens of emotion that I realized that my emotions are my superpower. 
your emotional center, it is the, the solar plexus is the center of, of, of spiritual awareness. Like I said, it's a motor, it's generating energy and the way that emotions work for us. And the most important thing for you to know, and this is the first step in understanding, you're not going to control your emotions. There's no controlling them. There's only understanding them. And when you understand them, then you get to bring them on your team. And then they become the most amazing source of depth for you. They tell you how you can affect people. If you're an emotional, if if you have a solar plexus defined, you have a great capability of affecting people emotionally, both good and bad. (laughs) You can fling your emotions on people because your emotions are powerful. People feel them when they're around you. People feel them. They are part of your energy. They are a huge part of your energy and they're happening all the time. So you can lament it and you can wish that they weren't there, but that will change absolutely nothing. In fact, it'll just make it worse. It will make you more emotional about being emotional. And then you've snowballed it. You're compounding it. And now you've added circumstantial emotions onto mechanical emotions that They're just happening anyway, whether you like it or not. So you better find the wisdom in it. You better find it better serves you and everybody that you are around and looking to help. It serves you to build a really strong, beautiful relationship with them because this is the depth. And this is when I, when I think about, um, and whether you have this defined or not, like we all have emotions, we all can tap into our emotions. We just do it differently. And the most important thing for an emotional authority to understand is that your emotions are happening on, they are a mechanical process in your body. So what, let me tell you a little, a few ways that you might experience this. So you might wake up in the morning and you're in a funk. This doesn't happen as often to people who are not emotionally defined. Um, But if you're an emotional authority, you have this center defined, you might just be like, I'm funky today. Or I feel really anxious today. Or I feel amazing today and I have no idea why. This is normal because emotions happen in a wave-like pattern when you have this defined. Emotions, as they say for an emotional authority, are emotions are an inside job. And meaning that here's what can play out. I wake up in a funky mood. And I'm trying to get out of it. I'm fighting it. I'm like, why am I in this funky mood? Why am I down? And then I start looking at the things around me, trying to make sense of them. Well, what's making me upset? Am I thinking? And you start thinking about yesterday. Did did something upset me yesterday? Is something? Am I carrying something from yesterday? In your mind, now you're in the head. Now you're in the mind. You're trying to make sense of it. You're trying to explain them away. You're trying. You're building stories about why you're emotional. So now you're in kind of a tizzy and you might go into a further funk because you can't rationalize your way out of emotions. You can't think your way out of feeling. You cannot think your way out of feeling. It will only make it worse. So you're trying to think your way out of feeling. It's not working. You get more angry. You compound and lay these circumstantial emotions on top of emotions that are happening just as a mechanical wave in your body. So 
the first step for an emotional authority is recognizing that you will feel emotional for no darn reason. (laughs) Some days you're going to feel like you just want to lay in bed and do nothing. Some days you're going to feel like you want to cry and you don't know why. Some days you're going to feel like you're skipping through life and it is the most magical experience you've ever had and you don't know why. This is the life of an emotional. Now, this, so the first step for you is to say, my emotions don't have to have a reason. I don't have to have a reason. In fact, most of the time, I will not have a reason for being emotional. And there's nothing I can do about them. In fact, the best thing that you can do is love them (laughs) and recognize that a low point in your wave, that feeling of, of, of down emotions or funky emotions, they carry some form of wisdom for you. They do slow us down. They do make us go inward. And for me, that's been the big keynote for this is that my low is telling me to go inward. My low is telling me to feel maybe where I don't want to feel. My low emotion is telling me to just sit with myself for a moment. And I have to say the lower the wave, the lower the low, and the more space I give that low, first of all, the faster I come out of it, because I just allowed it to happen and I didn't put anything on top of it. And usually my greatest breakthrough is on the other side of it. Usually some huge aha, a big thing that came out of me allowing myself to go to the depths. So that's how I think of the low. I think of it, I'm in the depth. I'm not in a low. I'm not funky. I'm not blah. I am, I'm I'm going to my depth today. Okay. All right, body. Okay. Okay, energy. Okay, soul. We're going to the depths today. Wasn't what I had planned, but let's see what you have for me. Now, obviously, we can't always take off or do something and and just not interact with people because that's the other thing that people are saying all the time. They're like, if you're emotional, don't do anything. Well, not everybody has that option. (laughs) Sometimes you're in a launch and you find you're in a low. It's like you're not going to cancel the webinar. No, I, I actually suggest that you give yourself, and I have had this happen. You give yourself the time to like, I've cried it out big time before a launch because I just felt like that emotion was sitting there and, and I didn't try to make it anything different and I didn't make a story about it. I didn't make it mean, cause that's what the, the story that I was being told was if you do anything in a low, people feel the low and they are going to run for the hills. And when you're, and when you're clear, people feel that and they're going to be, they're, they're going to be very attracted to you. Now, granted, energy matters. But again, for me, it doesn't serve me to say, well, today's going to bomb because I'm in a low and it's actually going to drive all of my sales away. Like that's the story I could put on top of it, but that is not serving me in the least. Instead, I say, well, how much time can I give myself? Can I nurture myself a little bit? Maybe I, maybe I won't solicit sales calls today, or maybe I won't 
put myself out there any more than I have to, but I'm going to be really good to myself. And I'm going to really just allow this and give it as much space as I can. And then, I don't know, maybe I'll be given the energy. I trust that I've been given whatever I need for the time that I need it. So this was a huge game changer for me, um, was allowing the mechanics of whatever wave I'm feeling happen. So there are four different types of emotional waves. They happen on different types of patterns, and it depends on the gates and channels that were the channels that you have active in your emotional solar plexus. So that's something that we'd go through in a reading. That's something I go through in my courses on, on human design. This is like, this is very in-depth. We're not going to go into all of that detail here, but you can certainly look up if you have, there's four different waves and you can see if you have two channels in your connecting to your solar plexus, then you have two waves going. So there's two separate patterns happening, delivering you varying emotions at different times. So this isn't something to manage. It's something to observe. That's the keynote that I have for you there. It's not your emotions are something to observe. Your emotions are something to nurture. Your emotions are something to embrace. Okay. Because because when we get to the authority, when we talk about emotional authority, the emotional authority, and I'm going to tell you a story about, um, about how I've made decisions from my emotional, with my emotional authority, totally following my strategy and authority. And I was just like, those were the best decisions of my life. So that's kind of the homework I have for you is think about every great decision that you made in your life. Ones where you were just like, I, this was like, this was something that didn't necessarily make sense. It was something that there was just this deep knowing. It was something that I I made with complete and total confidence. And it worked out as one of the best decisions of my life or the best experiences of my life. That's what it's like to follow your strategy and authority. So go back and look at and think about like big decisions you've made in your life, big moves you've made. And, and then I want you to think about how you made that decision. Just try to, try to, you're not going to, you might not remember every thought you had. I do actually, I remember lots of thoughts. I have a really weird memory. I have a very, um, uh, I have like a snapshotty memory where I can remember weird details, but, um, but I want you to go back and remember what you can about the way you came to the decision. What was the process like for you? And then lay it over the strategy and authority and see if it, it lines up. 99% of the time it does. So good newsflash, this stuff works. Um, So with your emotional authority, so now if you're a sacral, so emotional authority, emotion is the only authority where you could be anything, uh, where where you could be so many things and, and an emotional, like you can be an emotional projector, you can be an emotional manifester, you can be an emotional generator or manifesting generator. You just can't be an emotional reflector because they have no definition. So, and it requires a defined center. So reflectors are always kind of this like caveat of like, not, not them, sorry, reflectors. It's just <laughs> not that we mean to exclude you. It's just your rules uh, are different than ours. But the emotional authority, you can be a manifestor, a projector, or a generator, or a manifesting generator, and have emotional authority. So this is the one that that spans all the different types, almost. <laughs> and so the the traditional wisdom is you you fall back on the secondary authority. So if you are if you are a 
a generator or a manifesting generator, you're like getting your sacral yes. And then you're going to your emotional center. You're kind of, you're waiting out your emotional wave. And then you're coming back to the sacral for the yes or the no again. And it actually happens a little bit more fluidly than that. So let me, let me explain and I'll tell you a little story about how this has worked for me. But first, let me explain. So we talked about that there are different emotional waves. They can take hours, days, weeks, like it, it very hard to determine um, how long a full wave takes. I do recommend that you kind of, I recommend like a little journal of, um, of how to, of tracking how you feel emotionally. So you get to understand and you're just being aware of your emotions. Um, I have my people do that in my courses. We, we have like an emotional journal that they keep for 30 days just to start to get, I do it every day. I, I just track like, how do I feel emotionally today? And then that gets me to, when I, when I go back to a journal entry or I want to check a day or something, or if something weird or wonderful happened, I can see where I was on the emotional scale. So understanding how your wave is moving, basically what's the mechanical process, this, this feeling of an emotion happening either deep under the surface. And again, all the waves feel different. So you understanding what your wave feels like, I could tell you what mine feels like, but I have what we call, what they call the, 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 the wave is called the source of all mechanics, which is a very subtle wave that for me, I experience as um, when I'm in my lows, it can feel like there's, it, it always feels like it's very under the surface and it can feel like I have to cry and I don't, I don't know why. And I don't know how to get it out. And that could take a day or two to come to the surface the more space I give it, the faster it usually happens. But um, and then I will feel kind of emotionless, like I don't feel terribly emotional. But when I'm in kind of a, a medium to low point of the wave, it feels like anxiety. It feels like a hmm, like um, like a tightening. I, I can tend to procrastinate in that space, like where something inside of me is saying, like just let's do less. <laughs> um, and it can feel a little bit like. Like um, like like an anxiousness, like a little bit of anxiety, and then highs will feel like I I'm like superwoman, like I'm high, <laughs> um, and then I have a lot of time. Most of my time is spent somewhere in between. But what we do, the reason that the the strat the authority of an emotional the the way that you work is that you wait you wait out your wave which is really just making sure that you're not making a big decision. You don't have to do this for like making decisions on dinner. I can do that with my sacral. Like, do I want rice and chicken? No. Do I want tacos? Ooh, I actually, I do want tacos apparently because my sacral was like, yes, let's do tacos <laughs> just now. But that I can do just going to my, just going to my, my, my main strategy that the, the, the sacral, I'm, I'm a sacral being, I'm a, I'm a manifesting generator. So I can go to my sacral for that. Um, you can go to your spleen for it if you're a projector, but for big decisions, for the big things, you're going to need time. So if you're an emotional authority, you probably feel pretty annoyed if somebody rushes you to make a big decision, or you might just feel like even to do some things that require a little bit more of your energy, you're like, I need a minute. I need an hour. I can't do that right now. I'll come back to it. It's not avoiding, it's not just now. <laughs> and so why you do that is you are processing information by feeling. 
and, and feelings happen over time. The mantra for the emotional authority is there is no truth in the now, meaning the way you feel about something right now very well will change. <laughs> so you wanting to, you wanting to go to a party next week, you will not, you, you might feel like a heck yes right now. And then next week when it comes, you're like, I don't want to go. I hate it. I don't want any part of this. Welcome to being an emotional. This happens all the time. So it's important that you leave yourself some flexibility to, to, to go back on things that you may be, or make soft commitments is a good way of doing it. But the reason we, we wait to make big decisions is we don't want to make decisions from a low or depth point of our wave. And we don't want to make them from a high point. So we don't want to be high and then decide to go purchase a new car. Because we're like super excited. We see the car, we drive it. We're like, oh my God, I'm on fire about this. This is so amazing. And then we're just like, let's do it. Let's do it. And then what ends up happening is you regret that purchase. And you're like, this was not the best choice for me. Now that I've had time to think about it, like two days later, like, oh my God, what did I do? This happens with programs, fast action, acting bonuses, and all of those things that are done to get you to make decisions quickly. Now, wonderful. Um, you can you, you can save yourself some money, get some bonuses or whatever. But as an emotional authority, it is so much better for you to make the decision from a place of clarity, which is really what we're waiting for, than to make an impulsive decision because you probably will regret it. Even if the decision was a good one, you're probably not going to feel great about it because you don't like how you made it. There's part of you that says, we didn't feel into all of this. All of us wasn't on board. This wasn't a good decision. We didn't enter into this correctly. Now we've sort of poisoned the experience a lot or a little. So we wait out the waves so that we come to this moment of clarity. And the moment of clarity kind of feels like, to me, it feels clear. And I think the easiest way is for me to, to, to tell this story. So um, years ago, when I was like, I think I was 23, 22, 23. Um, my grandmother got sick. Uh, well, she was sick, but she she lost her leg to diabetes. They they amputated her leg. She um, came home, a home health aide dropped her, broke her hip that landed her back into like, she had to have hip surgery and landed her into a rehab facility for a, a number like, I think it was almost a year. So she had these like back-to-back -back stints in basically nursing homes where they are, it, it was to have her getting physical therapy and occupational therapy the whole time she was there. Um, but she was in a nursing home for like two years and, and it was, it was not a great experience. So I, and, and these were fine facilities. There was nothing really wrong with them. There's just, you know, it's not being home. It's not, she, and I, I watched her kind of deteriorate there where she just seemed like she lost a lot of her spirit after that second stint going back really took her down where she was just like, uh, and she just didn't, she never had a, a negative outlook the whole, my whole life knowing her. I never knew her to be anything other than a really calming presence and a positive person. And she was like a second mom to me. I adored her and my grandfather. So um, long story short, she is coming to the end of her stay at this last facility and it's time for her to go home. 
So I go to see her and I think she, like, we went to see her every day. Like we visited her all the time. Someone from my family was there every single day. And um, I went and I sat with her and I took her, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting there and I was like, are you so, uh, are you going home? Are you so excited? Like, like are, are, isn't that great? And I thought I was going to get this reaction that she was so excited, that she was like so thrilled to be going home. And she just kind of shrugged and she was like, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know. I might as well just stay in a place like this. I, I don't know. And there was just this deflated, uh, like the wind was out of her sails. And like, she was just, there was a, a like, why bother? What's the point of it all? Like give it, giving up. And that broke my heart. And in that moment, so my sacral in that moment was just like, well, what if I go home with you? What if I lived with you? Would that change things for you? Would that change it? Because she was going to go home and have like another person help take care of her. That was sort of the, the loose plan that we had. And But I waited and I listened. So the sacral authority could be lit up by that idea. So that's a response. So she tells me she's not happy about going home. I have a feeling about it. The sacral response for that could be in response could be, yes, let's, let me ask her if she, if I can move in, if I should move in with her, if that would make her feel differently. And, but I waited because that's not my authority. And I didn't know it at the time. This is a million years before I knew anything about human design. And I, so I waited and I left that day and I left the, I left the nursing home and I drove to her house. And I really, I remember driving around for a while and I remember feeling into it. What if I went home with her? Would that change? What do I have to do? Okay. Well, I'd have to leave the job in the city. I'd have to do this. Like I would have to change a lot in my life, but I'm not in love with a lot of the things in my life and I'm in love with her. Like I love her. So I feel like that would be the right thing. And looking back on it, I'm like, as I, in retrospect, looking back, I'm like, I was feeling into everything. I wasn't thinking about it. I was feeling all the feelings. I'm feeling them now as I'm telling you this. So I'm driving around because that's how I cleared my head. Certainly in those days, I drove around a lot. I'm driving around and then I decided to go to her house. So I go to her house and this house was the house I always wanted to be my house. I just, I loved being there. I felt so safe there, even when I didn't feel terribly safe in my own home or I didn't feel good in my own home. Their home was this, like, I, I remember always thinking as a kid, I wish I could just live here with Nana and Gramps. I wish I could just live here. I wish we could all just live here. And because it was just this happy, beautiful place for me. So I go in and I unlock the front door and I walk around the house and I'm looking at the pictures of, of me as a baby on the wall still and my cousins and my sister and the pictures of my grandparents and just smelling the smells of this home. And I am, I am having a sensual experience in that house. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling everything and my cognition is touched. So I remember feeling my uh, feeling like the furniture and touching the textured wallpaper, which they had, and, and just really taking the space in. And I sat in the armchair and I'm, I'm feeling into and remembering my grandfather and me sitting in that chair. I'm having this moment. And I took another like two days. So I spent like, you know, a long time in the house that night. I left, I let it sit where I was like, everything was telling me, yes, 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 yes. But also something in my, in me, not my mind was telling me just a little bit longer to process this. This is a big decision. This is a big choice. 
let's let's just hang out here. I knew I had to feel more without knowing I had to feel more that my intuition was telling me, just hang out with this a little bit longer. We'll get there. And I did. I let it hang. And then I came to it. I didn't go back to my sacral and ask. I didn't, I don't remember doing that. But what I do remember is maybe two or three days later, sitting there and just feeling like, hmm, I know. Yep, this is a yes. I'm doing it. I'm going to at least ask her. (laughs) I'm going to at least ask her. If she doesn't want me there or it doesn't change anything, then, you know, whatever. But if she wants to be in the home, if that's really what she wants, then that's her choice. But I'm going to present this to her. I'm a thousand percent sure that I don't know what the future will hold. I don't know how this will all work out. I'm, I think there was a bit of being young and naive about how much work this would be <laughs> um, and, and what it would mean for me. But that didn't matter. The how didn't matter. I was just like, I know this is right for me. I know this is right for me. And now I need to ask her if this is right for her. So I went back and I remember taking her in the wheelchair and this place was on like a pier. And I went and walked down the pier with her. We sat by the water. It was cold. (laughs) And, And I remember asking her, it was like I was proposing marriage. I was asking her, you know, would this change anything if I moved in with you and I stayed with you? And I remember her looking at me and like a tear coming to her eyes and she grabbed my hand and she was just like, Somehow I knew you were going to ask me that. Yes. And that's what we did. I moved in when she left, um, when she left the the home and I stayed with her until she passed away. And it is like, there are pivotal moments in everybody's life. This is a huge one for me. This was a, you know, girl to woman kind of growth thing for me. Um, Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional now thinking about it. but I, and it wasn't always easy. Um, and there were moments of that were really difficult, that were tough on me, but that were soul shaping. And they were so important for her. And I couldn't imagine my life had I not made that decision. And I don't know if I would have felt the same way about the decision if I had made it in the moment. If I hadn't taken that time and if I hadn't made it, and if I had made it from my head and a pros and cons list, maybe I would have landed on a different decision. But the knowing that I had, the feeling I had in my gut after the emotions had done their work, I have this visual of like, do you remember the rock tumblers from like the catalogs as a kid? They still sell them. Um, I asked for one every year for Christmas, by the way, and never got one. It still irritates me. (laughs) And I still give my mother hell for not, not ever buying me a rock tumbler, but a rock tumbler. That's how I see the solar plexus. This is like one of my weird visual analogies that I get, but I sort of get it where it's like, okay, here's this thing that we're thinking about doing. Here's this opportunity. Here's this thing that we're responding to. I'm going to put it in the tumbler and I'm going to let my solar plexus kick it around and kick it around and kick it around. And then when we're done, we're going to see if it's still an ugly rock or did it come out a crystal? Did it come out something beautiful where it's a yes? And that's all I need to know. Like it just knows at the end. And you certainly can come back and ask your sacral again. And you certainly can come back and do that. And that's, that's not wrong. 
it just might not be how you experience it. You may not need that for like the big things. If you've truly waited it out and if you feel rushed and if sometimes we're on different timelines, but I, I do believe that if it's not, if it's a no, if it's a maybe, it's a no. Why? Because I've, when we make the hasty decision, even if the answer is the same, we can regret the decision. So I hope that story gave, gave some clarification. I hope that story, like sometimes it, for me, it helps me to hear real life examples of how things have played out. And I'm like, oh, I get that. So go back, go back and look at your past. Do you have moments like that? They don't have to be like life-changing like that. Like, I mean, that was a huge life change for me, but I've had it when I quit my job. I had it when like all of these moments, when I left corporate, when I moved to Los Angeles, when we moved to Oz, like there were all of these things that, that were made from this place that I know, like it was the same process that played out a little bit differently. Obviously the circumstance, circumstances were different, but my process was the same. The knowing was the same, that depth of like, your emotions are not going to get in the way of your decision-making. They only get in the way if you don't honor them and allow them to feel all of the like yeses and nos and oh my gods and the fear and all of that, 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 that the emotion, the sadness, the elation, all of that, it's going to go through all of it. It's going to go through all the cycles of emotion with that experience, with that choice that you're making. And if you don't allow it to do that, then that one is still hanging out there and can poison the whole experience that you're going into. So I hope that you, I hope you can go back and, and see even one example where you can see where you, where you got it right and how you got it right and how this played out for you. And I would love to know. So if you, if, if you've listened to this episode and you're going through this, first of all, what you thought of it, I would love to know. So please uh, write a review, message me on DM me on Instagram, or I would love it if you take a screenshot of this episode. If if this touched you, if this spoke to you, um, if you got anything out of it, put it up in your stories and tag me at Nicole Lano Official. Um, tag me and tell me what you thought of it. Ask me a question. I'm happy to answer them for you. Um, this is this is one that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, emotional authority is is a superpower. It really is if you allow it to be. And it starts with you just embracing it and recognizing how it's showing up in your, in your life. I promise you the decisions that you make and the things that you enter into when you're following this, this is how you start to let the magic in and start to, this is, this is what your dance with life looks like. It starts with your strategy and authority. So I hope that this sheds some light on how the emotionals can apply this and how you experience it. Because it definitely is a different animal from all the others. The others are these instantaneous things. And there's a lot of messaging out there that's telling you like, and just do it, just get out there, put it out there now. And that can be conditioning, further conditioning for the emotional authority, because they're not allowing you to honor the space that's required for you to enter into things correctly. So um, just, I, I hope that you got a lot out of this. I hope that this shed some light on it for you. Um, if you are looking to book a reading, if you'd like to dive into your design more specifically, whether you're emotional or not, there'll be a link for that in the show notes. I do one-on-one -on -one private readings where we dive into your design, or if you're interested in any of our programs for human design or anything that we have coming up, please let me know or visit our website at nicolelano.me where you can see everything that we have to offer. So thank you so much. 
for making it to the end of this episode. <laughs> thank you so much for being here and being a loyal, loyal listener of the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, you are only limited by the limitations that you accept. And when you stop accepting those limitations, that is when you become limitless. So go out there and be limitless, my loves. Have a good one. I will see you in the next one. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to stay in touch with us, we would love to have you as a part of our Facebook community, Practical Manifestors. It's a community for process-driven women looking for clear and actionable steps to embodying a life of wealth and alignment. Join us at Practical Manifestors in Facebook or go to www.innerceogroup.com. 